Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hopp with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York. I'm available in person via telehealth, via telephone. You can call the office to make an appointment, 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I want to thank you for emailing me questions, topics of interest, that email is radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. I want to talk to you today about the, you've heard about the twin epidemics of obesity and diabetes, which we like to call diabetes, right? Well, the third in line and upcoming is Alzheimer's disease. Now, all three of these epidemics, obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's, have something in common. Insulin resistance, high blood sugar. In Alzheimer's, the brain doesn't use blood sugar well anymore. Blood sugar becomes a problem, and too much of it, it's not getting in anymore. It's like an insulin resistance of the brain. That's what's happening there. So I want to dive into a recent study. This is a natural medicine journal. Natural medicine journal is a wonderful journal that I get online. <clears throat> and it's, it's, it's the official journal of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. Naturopathic physicians, in my opinion, are rock stars. They're wonderful. They do deep dives into all of this. And this study, exercise-induced improvements in cognition. Let's talk about exercise-induced improvements on cognitive measures of generalization. The results of the study may reveal new target for Alzheimer's disease therapies and early detection. This is actually by a Dr. Maxwell Crispo a naturopathic doctor. Now, the objective of the study um, to examine the effect of exercise on cognitive function 
specifically, if exercise increases network flexibility in what's called the medial temporal lobe of the brain, the MTL of the brain. So if exercise, they're looking to see the effect of exercise on cognitive function, but specifically if exercise increases network flexibility in the MTL of the brain, the medial temporal lobe of the brain, and if this predicts improved performance on cognitive tasks associated with MTL flexibility. So what was the design of this study? It was two groups. It was non-random, it was not randomized, and it was match controlled trial of a 20-week dance-based aerobic exercise program versus a, a treatment as usual, like a control group. So a five-month, a 20-week dance-based aerobic exercise program, and, and this is who they took a look at. The participants included 34 healthy adults, 31 were female, three were male, age 55 years or more. Research gathered participant data from a parent study investigating best ways to implement culturally appropriate exercise interventions in African-American populations. Now, what were the study parameters? What did they assess? The study measured a number of assessments at baseline and at the end of the intervention. So they did a mini mental state exam, that's neuropsychological testing, uh, auditory, auditory verbal learning test. Uh, they did the North American adult reading test. This, this research, by the way, is out of Canada. And, the, and an audit intelligence scale. So they measured all of these. They also did a physical health assessment, including BMI, body mass index. They also... Uh, measured aerobic fitness. They did a, a, an aerobic fitness assessment, which included a six-minute walk, and the acquired equivalence task, which tests generalization of prior learning association. And finally, they also did an MRI. So the primary outcome measure of this study was the effect of exercise on network flexibility in the MTL, that's the medial temporal lobe, as measured by a functional MRI. And secondary to this was whether the effect of exercise on the MTL flexibility correlated to improved performance on assessment of generalization tasks as measured through comparative errors on the acquired equivalence task test. So they compared the tests and what the errors might may be, if any, right? Before the intervention, after the intervention. So here were the findings. There were statistically significant greater declines in errors of the generalization tasks of the acquired equivalence test in the intervention group, in the dance group, in the exercise group compared to the control group. There were no significant differences between groups at baseline or at the end of the intervention on the training and retention aspects 
of the acquired equivalence test. So there was a statistically significant increase in MTL network flexibility in the intervention group from baseline, and this increase was negatively correlated with increases in generalization errors, inferring that the better performance on generalization tasks was associated with an increase in MTL flexibility. So the intervention group had an increase in the MTL network flexibility, and this is what made the difference. This, interve this intervention made a difference. However, however, there were no significant changes in the standardized neuropsychological testing, the aerobic fitness, or the BMI of the participants after the 20-week exercise intervention. And when I think about <clears throat> the intervention, and I'll get uh, further into it, why did the BMI not change? Well, maybe because the intervention wasn't, you know, six days a week, because there were no changes in diet, there were other parameters that would keep any change in BMI from happening. But this study in particularly is looking at the, the, the impact on the brain, right? So the cognitive benefits of exercise are well documented. And as research explores these connections further, more focus is being drawn to how exactly these benefits manifest. Now, I want to bring to your attention also, if you've ever read the wonderful book by Dr. David Perlmutter, who's, who's a uh, neurologist in Florida, Dr. David Perlmutter, his book, Grain Brain, that's one of his many books, but Grain Brain in particular talks about how with aerobic activity, something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, is actually increased. And this helps with cognition. So we know about aerobic exercise incre increasing BDNF and how this is beneficial. So <clears throat> let's see. <clears throat> the functional MRI results of this study clearly demonstrate a significant impact on medial temporal lobe flexibility in the intervention group compared with the group that did nothing. That's the control group. There was an approximately 50% increase in the measure of MTL network flexibility in the intervention group with no change in the control group. While exercise seems like the obvious reason for this effect, attention should be given to the aspects of social interaction and community involvement that may have contributed to the benefits of this intervention. I'm going to say this again because I think this is equally as important as the exercise. While exercise seems like the obvious reason for this effect, attention should be given to the aspect of social interaction and community involvement that may have contributed to the benefits of this intervention. The treatment group in this study participated in a 20-week group dance aerobics class meeting twice weekly, twice a week, for 60-minute sessions. Over the course of the program, it is reasonable to assume that participants interacted with each other socially, at the classes, and potentially outside of them as well. 
Social isolation has been associated with cognitive decline. So the mental stimulation provided through social interactions, especially new ones, might have also contributed to the positive cognitive effects of the intervention, especially as the treatment as usual group, the control group, was not engaging in this extra social activity every week and did not show any improvements. It is quite possible this played a beneficial role for those in the intervention group. And this reminds me of the Blue Zones. Okay, now, uh, 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 there's uh, that Greek island. Uh, 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 I forget the name of it. It starts with an A. You'll help me out. You'll email me. Uh, but Akira or, or Akaria or something like that. These Blue Zones were people... As one article said, forget to die. They don't die. They live very, very, very long lives. Yes, a lot of them are growing their own food and, and all of that and clean air. and But a big part of that is multi-generational living, social support, and community. These people were not isolated. There were a couple of generations, at least in their own households, parents, children, grandparents, all of that. All of that was there, was present, as well as community. People would visit each other. They would visit each other and drop by and have tea or wine or something. <clears throat> they would get together. This is the social interaction that we're talking about that is so beneficial, right? So social activity has everything to do with it because we know that social isolation is a detriment. <clears throat> I would call dangerous. For, for the brain. It's called loneliness, and that has everything to do with not using, you know, your social skills, your brain, being happy, feeling joyful. Coming back to the study, they quote, I quote, they quote, there was an almost, there was almost a 50% reduction in the average number of errors on the generalization tasks in the intervention group, while the average scores of the control group actually worsened from baseline. And the researchers say it is also interesting to consider if the form of exercise intervention could have impacted results. Dance aerobics are generally fun and create a positive atmosphere, and the actual practice may be more mentally stimulating. How so? Learning a routine, frequently incorporating new movements. This is good exercise for the brain as compared to other monotonous forms of physical activity, a.k.a. just getting on your treadmill or something, or your, or your uh, elliptical. It is possible that the type of exercise intervention may be quite variable in terms of its impact on cognitive health if these other aspects have varying degrees of influence as well. So the most clinically relevant assessment in this particular study that showed significant changes with exercise was the acquired equivalence generalization task. This assessment involves the training of an individual to identify associations between sets of images and is learned through repeated example tests 
with feedback in the first phase of the assessment. Once the test taker has learned the association quote rule, the test giver administer, administers the tests without feedback in the second phase. Some of the tests are the same as previous examples provided during training retention, while others have new associations that follow the same rule that individuals should be able to recognize, and that's the the generalization portion, being able to recognize. Retention is being able to repeat the same outcome as was taught exactly the same way before. However, generalization is predicting the same outcome for something that is not the same as before, but equivalent. See, this is how they tested. This is very interesting. Yeah, that's pretty sophisticated. The assessment is relevant because prodromal beginning Alzheimer's disease has been associated with regular scores on the training and retention aspects of the test, but poor scores on generalization. And it's interesting to note that Parkinson's disease patients demonstrate the opposite trend, poorer learning, but normal generalization. The fact that exercise showed a significant impact and association between cognitive and neural function in this way makes MTL flexibility not only a compelling target for Alzheimer's therapies, but it may become more widely used in the screening and early detection in the development of disease. Worth noting is the relatively short amount of time it took to have such a significant impact on this aspect of neurocognitive function. There was an almost 50% reduction in the average number of errors on the generalization tasks in the intervention group while the average scores of the control group actually worsened from baseline. This would imply that the benefits of exercise intervention on cognition do not require implementation for many years in advance in order to have an impact. So the it's too late for me may not be a reasonable excuse. So remember, these were people 55 and older and this, this duration was a short period of time. You do not have to be an exerciser for years and years and years. The window of opportunity has not shut for you if you've never exercised and you're over 55 and you're thinking that nothing's going to help your cognition at this point. In this five-month period of time, there was an almost 50% reduction in the average number of errors on the generalized tasks in the intervention group. So there, no more excuses Start an exercise program. Start an exercise program. The results of this study also bring to awareness the idea that we need to appreciate exercise for more than just its potential benefits to physical health and the measures we use to assess physical health, such as weight loss, because while exercise may not always offer these visually objective changes as quickly as we hope, its impact on cognitive health may be much sooner realized. This is almost like a drug for the brain, a good one, a good one. Exercise, I've said before, is like taking prescription metformin. 
It makes the cells more sensitive to insulin, better effects for the brain with exercise by increasing brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, and especially in aerobic exercise, right? So this is important. Some method, method, uh, methodological considerations to note when appraising this study include the fact that the majority of participants were women. Remember, there were only three men. There's a total 34 people, three of them were men. We know the physical effects of exercise can differ significantly based on biological sex. So the extrapolation of these results to men is questionable when they were so underrepresented. This is a very good, important point. And this, this points to the integrity of this particular study. While the sample size was small, 34 people, the statistical significance of the results, especially when collapsed amongst all groups, still makes the study valuable. And lastly, all, particip- all, all, uh, all the participants in this study were African-American, which may influence the applicability of results to other races. The authors of this study acknowledge some significant differences in research outcomes for exercise interventions between age, biological sex, and race. So balanced against this is the fact that African-Americans comprise the racial demographic with the highest rates of Alzheimer's disease though the social awareness, medical attention, and patient research regarding this fact are extremely lacking. So, as such, research specific to this group is warranted and needed. So, uh, this is very, very interesting. This is very, very interesting and a very, very valuable study. It's not too late to exercise, people, It's not too late to to start an exercise program. If you're 50, if you're 55, if you're 60, if you're 65, if you're 70, you can start and you may feel the benefits on your cognitive ability. If you've never exercised before, please check with your doctor to make sure that you are capable of carrying out an exercise, a good vigorous exercise, aerobic, a cardio type activity like dancing. Or for the rest of us, hey, Dance like nobody's watching. Yay, do that. (laughs) I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Weighs In here on Intelligent Medicine. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years and now the 45 day money back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800 982 9158. That's 800 982 9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. This is Layla Mutin. RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 
779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.